1: Good afternoon, welcome to Sports and Other But Sports with Kent Sterling for Friday, January 3rd, 2020. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best that there is. Been my dentist the last 26 years, fantastic guy, fantastic culture, fantastic dentistry, 317-849-2933. Also, want to remind you to get a copy of Oops, you can go to Amazon.com, search Oops and Sterling, Oops and Kent, or Kent and Sterling, Buy the book, buy the ebook, book buy the audio book, however you want to consume it, that's your business, just go ahead and get the book. As is our want on Fridays, we turn it over to Harry for some questions. He is at Wills Northwood's Inn on the north side of Chicago at the corner of Racine and Nelson. How you doing, Harry?
0: Oh, I couldn't be better still partying my ass off after New Year's. It doesn't end. This is a three-day extravaganza of fun and merriment that continues unabated with the juice of juniper berries having been fermented over there somewhere where they make that gin stuff. I have gone to a different, this is interesting, Godilreth, I have, you know, that hard seltzer business, that white cough. I get a gin and white claw. It's just like gin and tonic, except it's got a little bit extra kick to it. How about that? Dutchy loves them, too. They're flavorful and explosive and cause the kind of happiness and unpredictable future activities that we all covet when we visit a bar.
1: <laughs> all right. How about the questions, Harry?
0: Okay, number one. Will be, you know, Indiana lost last night 23 to 22. A lot of reasons for that loss. Peyton Ramsey's play, not among them. Number one, will Peyton Ramsey be Indiana's starting quarterback next year?
1: I don't think that he will be. I think that it's going to be Michael Penix. And so the decision for Peyton Ramsey becomes this this is going to be his last year of eligibility. He's been three years a starter at Indiana, right? This year included, Michael Penix named the starter, but Penix got hurt. He had the shoulder issue. He's rehabbing that. He projects to being healthy for 2020. What is Peyton Ramsey going to do? Is he going to happily sit, work his ass off, and then sit behind Penix thinking that, well, I got to be ready in case he gets hurt like he did this year? Or is he going to think, you know, I got one more bite at this apple. Why don't I go to a place where I am going to be the starter, unquestioned, unchallenged, and move forward there? I think, actually, if, if I'm Peyton Ramsey, I'm not sure I don't transfer. If I'm Michael Penix and Peyton Ramsey stays, I'm not sure I don't transfer. If I'm Jack Tuttle, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do because I'm playing behind both of these guys and have not shown an ability or at least have not shown the trust I have not earned yet the trust of Tom Allen and the coaching staff with Indiana. So I, I think that this off season is going to be just as interesting as last night's game was. And by the way, you're exactly right. Peyton Ramsey, not accountable whatsoever for losing the game last night. Peyton Ramsey was exactly what you would expect Peyton Ramsey to be. It's what he always is. And without him, you would have had no running at attack whatsoever. 14 rushes, 21 yards, Peyton Ramsey did a lot of the work that put Indiana in a position to win the game. Did you know this? Last night, Indiana being up 13 points with less than five minutes left. This past season, there were 471 games like that played in FBS football. Indiana, the only team in the ball last night, the only team in college football at that level to lose a game after leading by 13 with under five to go. That is not Peyton Ramsey's fault. Hell, when did Peyton Ramsey have the damn ball, right? Tennessee goes down and scores, recovers the onside kick. How is Indiana not prepared for the onside kick? And then previous in the second half, Tom Allen calls two timeouts. So you've got one timeout as you're trying to battle back from being down 23-22, What in the sweet hell is going on with Indiana University football? I think that last night was absolute coaching malpractice by Tom Allen. Tom Allen lost that game last night, not Peyton Ramsey.
0: Number two, will Jacoby Brissett be the starter for the Colts next year?
1: What we know right now and what Chris Ballard said yesterday, I don't think he's going to be the starter. Next year i don't think you can do that. I, I think that you would set yourself up for another mediocre season, and i don't think the Colts are having it i don 't think jim is having it i don't know what you do to go get another quarterback. Do you invest in a free agent like Andy Dalton? Do you go get a guy like Philip Rivers? Or do you trade for a guy? I mean, how, do you, how about Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a hot commodity, and he's going to cost somebody a whole lot of money. Is that knee sound? That's kind of that's the question about Teddy Bridgewater. At 13, can you draft a quarterback that you would project as a successful starter for the Colts you know, for the next decade? You don't. I mean, even at number one, right? It looked like the Rams did something at number one when they drafted Sam Bradford. And he was the NFC Offensive Player of the Year, right, as a rookie. And then you saw that he was mediocre and would always be mediocre. How about Mitch Trubisky? The Bears are in kind of the same quandary as the Indianapolis Colts, right? The Bears with Trubisky, they drafted him number two overall. What are you going to do with number 13? Are you going to draft a defensive tackle that you can project as a potential all-pro? Or are you going to take a flyer on a quarterback? Would you be better off at 34 taking a quarterback, it depends on how free agency works out, how the draft works out. There are a lot of questions, not just about the Colts and their need at quarterback, but a bunch of other teams and their needs at quarterback, too. If you have four quarterbacks go prior to number 13 and you're taking the fifth best quarterback in that draft, is that really the guy you want to throw your chips into the middle of the table on? Or like I said, when you are in dire need of a three-technique defensive tackle, take one of the best one or two defensive tackles in the draft. Which do you choose? That's the question, and that is why Chris Ballard makes the big bucks. He spoke to the media yesterday at length. Eric Ebron is going to be gone. We figured that out. And other decisions are going to be made about a whole bunch of other guys. It's going to be an interesting offseason for the Indianapolis Colts. Chris Ballard is going to earn his money during this offseason. It's going to be fascinating.
0: Number three. Does Indiana have a chance to beat Maryland in College Park tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I think they got a chance because I think that Indiana knows going into Maryland that they're going to have to really focus. They're not going to be able to play a half-assed game where they're disconnected defensively and don't run their stuff offensively. They're not going to be able to do that and get a W tomorrow at Maryland when Maryland is a top-20 team, has really, really good ball players, a good coach in Mark turgeon not a great coach, but a good coach. Indiana is going to go there focused. Despite the fact that the game's at noon, and you can watch it on Fox, by the way, Fox 59 here in Indianapolis, you know, Devontae Green has got to figure it out. What kind of a basketball player does he want to be? And I got to tell you the truth, Archie Miller's got to figure it out maybe for Devontae Green and say, you know what, right now, we feel like we're just fine without you. So why don't you sit your ass down until you decide to be a team-first player who's not going to make a bunch of mistakes that wind up costing us a game. And I'll give you an example of a mistake that he made that doesn't show up in the box score. All right, in the Crossroads Classic, he takes an ill-advised three nine seconds into the shot clock. So 21 seconds left on the shot clock. He takes a three from the left wing. The ball comes off long, and he takes two steps toward it. The Notre Dame guy gets the rebound because Devontae Green doesn't hustle his ass back on defense because he goes after the offensive rebound. Notre Dame goes the other way and gets a bucket. You can't have that. You can't have a guy who goes after an offensive rebound, doesn't get it, and winds up giving up a long pass and a bucket is converted on the other side, on the other end. You can't have that. And Devontae Green does it again and again and again again. And again, he can be a wonderful player. He can get hot and make shots in a way that nobody else for Indiana can. But then what he also can do is he can get a little bit cold. And when he gets cold, those mistakes are glaring and they cause you to lose games. He was the cause of that loss against Arkansas. And Archie's got to figure out whether maybe Devontae Green needs to kind of recalibrate his beliefs in how basketball needs to be played, and that sometimes is best done from the bench. Other times it's best done from a bus. We'll see what happens with Indiana tomorrow, but Devontae Green, he's got to sort some things out. If he sorts things out, Indiana's got a chance to be pretty good. If he doesn't, then he's got to sit, and you have to hope that a guy like Armand Franklin can take his place and that you wind up without the negatives being in the aggregate in a better position to win. Make sense?
0: Yeah, the, the, yeah, sure, I get it. You don't like Devontae Green. All right, if you were Archie, you'd put his ass on the bench, I'm, I'm guessing.
1: Uh, I would have done it two years ago. E- either Devontae Green would be playing the correct kind of basketball right now if I was the coach, or he would be on another campus being the problem for somebody else.
0: I <laughs> Number four, which wild card game is most likely to be won by the underdogs this weekend?
1: Well, you've got the Bills in Houston. Houston is a three-point favorite. You've got Tennessee at New England. New England, a five-point favorite. Minnesota, the Vikings, they are at the Saints. Uh, Saints a a 7.5-point favorite, and Seattle, as a visitor to Philadelphia, is a a 1.5-point favorite. So there you go. There are the four matchups. i got to tell you the truth. I think that three of these games are toss-ups. The only game I would assign like lock status to is New Orleans beating the Vikings because I think New Orleans might be the best team in the NFL right now. You've got Breeze, you've got Thomas, you've got Kamara. That Those are triplets that could win you a championship. That defense is capable of playing reasonably well. I think the Saints roll over the top of the Vikings. I think the Eagles have a good chance to beat Seattle. Beating Seattle at Seattle, that is a tough order. Beating... Seattle in Philadelphia, not quite so tough. I think that the Eagles are going to win that game outright. The Patriots hosting Tennessee. I think Tennessee's playing really well. I think Tom Brady over the last six or seven weeks has started to look like he's in his mid-40s instead of his late 30s, and that's not a good thing for the Patriots. Where are their weapons? Where is their defense? This is a team that, yeah, they won the AFC East again, but this is also a team. This, this is a group. That is just not too terribly good. I know they're coming off a championship, but this is not a championship team. I think the Titans win that game. And then the Bills at Houston, I think the Bills win that game. I think the Bills have got a shot to go to the AFC championship game. I really like the Bills. So I'm going to go ahead. You asked which is most likely. I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, the Eagles over Seattle because the Eagles are playing in Philadelphia. Just behind that would be the Bills over Houston and just behind that would be Tennessee over the Patriots and the Vikings if they were to beat the Saints that would be a hell of an upset. I don't I just don't think that's going to happen.
0: Number 5. Will Tony Dungy be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs>
1: I don't think so. I I think that if Tony Dungy was going to come back, that he would have come back years ago. He has been retired for more than a decade. I don't think he's coming back. If you hear that siren song that sometimes coaches hear once they retire, they want to get back into it. It gets back into their blood, and they decide, you know what? To hell with it. I'm kind of bored with life. I'm moving forward. Tony Dungy is not bored. And I think that Tony Dungy is a guy – that really appreciates the opportunity that was afforded him, and that's to retire while you're on top of your game. I don't know that he would still be on top of his game. I think Tony Dungy is a guy who really appreciates being able to do that. I, I talked to him right after his retirement announcement and said, you know, you've got a chance. You're doing something that nobody gets to do. Virtually no one in the history of sport has just retired at the absolute zenith of his abilities and productivity. Does that make sense to
0: you, Harry? Oh, it does. You know, a little bit of money goes a long way, especially here at Wills Northwood's Inn at the corner of Nelson and Racine, just five and a half blocks south of the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. No place better for a couple of pre-gamers when you're headed to Wrigley to see the Cub play whomever than here at Will's Northwoods Inn. All right, Kandelres, have a great first weekend of a new decade. Dutchie and Harry, out!
1: All right, Harry, thank you very much. Best of Dutchie as always. I uh, want to remind you that Indiana plays at Maryland tomorrow at noon, that game on Fox, and Butler hosts Creighton at Hinklefield House. That game will be on Fox 1. Tomorrow night, the Indiana Pacers are going to be in Atlanta to take on the Hawks. Hopefully they can wash a taste of their loss last night against the Nuggets out of their mouth and go ahead and beat up on the Hawks a little bit. Uh, Colts, obviously dormant for the uh, foreseeable future. Purdue, they got a game coming up on Sunday night, 8 o'clock. That game will be on BTN. A lot of sports going on. We are in the shank of, of basketball season. Thank God, uh, because basketball, let's face it, we're a little bit more successful in the state of Indiana in basketball than we are in the game of football, especially this year, despite the fact that Indiana went to the Gator Bowl. Uh, it, you know what? They went 8-5, and five, but it's going to take a long time to to remember the 8, right, Rather than the loss in the Gator Bowl and exactly how it happened. Sports, nothing but sports, always brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Want to remind you again about Oops, The Art of Learning from Mistakes and Adventures, written by me. It's on Amazon.com, other websites as well. You can get the ebook, audio book, or the hardcover book. If you want to lay something in your bathroom for when you got to do your business, you need something to pick up, thumb through and read a chapter at a time. This is the perfect book. Oops for the poops. That's, uh, maybe that's the tagline for the book. Anyway, we'll talk to you Monday morning, Breakfast with Ken. Hopefully we're celebrating Indiana Hoosiers, Butler Bulldogs, uh, Purdue Boilermakers, and Indiana Pacers wins this coming weekend. We'll talk to you then, brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Join me. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.